0: Welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast, presented by Fantasy Holics. Um, as always, Bo and Brant coming at you. Um, we're going to break down a little bit of uh, uh, last week's game. Talk about a few of those. We're going to talk about some injuries. Talk about some waivers to possibly fill in to. Um, Fill in for those injuries, and then uh, some buy low candidates. I think we're going to bring up and talk about, and then we're going to talk about our college prospect of the week. Some incoming guys to start start looking at some tape. Uh, Bo, as you, uh, as always, let's let's we'll let you kick this off, and uh, we'll see how this. Do- yeah.
1: So, so, anybody who's been listening to the Fat Boys since the inception of our show, way back before we got picked up by the great page that is the Fantasy Holics, um, one of the staples of our weekly episodes was the big boy meal of the week. Um, and what is a big be- boy meal of the week other than when you go out to your favorite joint, you got to get that appetizer that just hits right, you got to get your favorite meal, and then you can't leave the place without tearing up your favorite dessert. And so, what Brant and I have always done when we break down games for for the week is we look at three games that are we, we're really intrigued by. One is our appetizer, one's our meal, and one is our dessert. Well, this year we've decided to do this in a little bit of different order. We're gonna, instead of talking about upcoming games, we're gonna talk about past games. Um, that had some fantasy relevancy or things that we were hoping to get answers or we saw answers or, or maybe even ask more questions after the game than we had going in. Uh, and so we're definitely excited to bring this this uh, segment back here uh, and, and reignite this with you guys. So starting with this week, um, Bran, I know we want to finish with your last game last, your dessert, so I'll kick us off. So my first game is um, one that was Uh, painful for me to watch in many different facets um, coming all the way down to the 28-3 jokes um, when my beloved Falcons trailed the Rams 28-3 in Los Angeles Um, but you saw a little bit of a different Falcons team after trailing 28-3 not only did they look horrendous to start the game but they finished the game in a way that if, if there was five minutes left on the clock at the end of it, I'm not sure that the Rams walk out of there with a victory. The defending Super Bowl champs may have gotten beat by one of the worst teams in the NFL, um, which actually leads me to, the, to, to pose a question. Maybe the Falcons aren't the worst team in the league because the first two weeks they've certainly not played by it. So I'm going to walk you through a little bit of stats here, Brant, uh, of some guys that I think are fantasy relevant. So obviously the first one, we're going to start with the losing team in this battle, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. So we'll start the quarterback position. Marcus Mariota threw 26 passes, completed 17 of which for 196 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He added to his day with six rushing attempts for 16 yards. So not really the mobile debut or outing you were looking for for Marcus Mariota in comparison to week one where he ran that touchdown in. But as a streaming option for quarterback, I feel like these numbers are are fairly formidable. All right. Um, And then if you remember on our live this Sunday, a lot of people were very interested in asking a lot of questions on Cordero Patterson. Um, Cordero Patterson was um, very lackluster this week. He ran the ball 10 times for 41 yards and he saw one target through the air, which he was not able to haul in. So he had no receiving work. Um, So I think moving forward, that pretty well for me again until I see a couple performances of him putting it together. I'm probably leaving him on my bench. The one thing I want to talk about is the pass catchers. So coming into this season, Kyle Pitts was drafted very high. Uh, Drake London was another name that people were taking shots on. So this week, Kyle Pitts saw three targets, two receptions for 19 yards. Drake London, on the other hand, saw 12 targets, eight yard or eight receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, his first to go uh, on the season. Um, so what do you make of that? Well, what I make of it as a Falcons fan who's watched two games is that Marcus Mariota's favorite target uh, without question is Drake London. Drake London in his first two weeks has had to go up against guys like Marshawn Lattimore and Jalen Ramsey, not exclusively, uh, but definitely has had catches on those guys and has looked absolutely the part of a wide receiver one. So moving forward, I don't take Drake London out of my lineups,
0: um,
1: regardless of matchup, regardless of, of whatever. The other part of that is Kyle Pitts, I'm not taking out of my lineup either. He's on the field for almost every offensive snap. All right, He's just been blocking a lot. And on his routes, Mariota's just been not been looking his way. But I think as the season progresses, Arthur Smith's going to have to find a way to get Kyle Pitts involved for this offense to take over. So I'm not pivoting off of any of these players yet. Now, On the Rams side of the ball, I'm going to move a little quicker through this because I'm not nearly as infatuated with the Rams as I am my Falcons. Um, Matthew Stafford had a slightly better game than he did week one, still lots of turnovers, Um, 27 completions, 272 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. In the backfield this week, we got a slightly different story than we did week one. Cam Akers had five more rushing attempts. So Cam Akers had 15 rushes for 44 yards. Daryl Henderson, however, had 10 attempts, 47 yards, and a touchdown. So more, more yards uh, and, and the touchdown to go with it. And then, uh, you know, Allen Robinson had a small bounce back, not huge, but four receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown. And then Cooper Cup did Cooper Cup things. Uh, me wearing my A.J. Terrell jersey Sunday morning did not make a difference for Cooper Cup. Uh, he was not intimidated. 11 receptions, 108 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns on 14 targets. So, again, moving forward, I think even if you had Cam Akers and you were a little nervous about what his role may be, he may have just been in the doghouse week one because his numbers were just fine. Granted, the production wasn't there. But the carries and the touches were so I, I i start cam Akers moving forward
0: yeah absolutely absolutely um you bringing up all that kyle pitts talks so i'll be talking about that a little bit later so i'm gonna leave that off to the back burner right now Sure. um sure. but yeah that backfield is that backfield brings up a whole nother question mark because like you said henderson looked better or had better production on 10 carries plus he got the goal line carry for the touchdown um so that backfield is still up up in questions um and I, and I think you have to play that one by year on who they play. Yeah. Um, so, mm, I'm going to jump into my game. Um, I picked this game because I was glued to the TV. I was watching this game. I really thought it was going to be a great game offensively, and uh, it bit me right in the butt. So, I had to change it to the appetizer rather than my main course. And that's the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game. Um, this, this game was yeah. this game was yeah. very fun defensively. Um to watch, and I know that's not great for fantasy. I thought it was going to be a back-and-forth contest, and it wasn't. Both defenses showed up, and until Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore got into it and both got ejected, that's when Tampa Bay took over this game. Now, for some of the stats, um, Leonard Fournette is that guy this year again. It may not have looked that great with 2.7 yards average, 24 carries for 65 yards this week, but once again, 24 carries this week. They just played one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. And not to mention, he had 21 carries the week prior to that. Leonard Fournette is that guy. Now, if you own Fournette and you're banking on him to be your two or your one, you better go get Rashad White. You better find a way to pick him up to have that handcuff because if that man goes down, Rashad White will be that guy. Tom Brady was okay. Uh, 18 for 34, 190 yards, one touchdown. Um, He spread the ball out pretty evenly. Three catches for both Mike Evans, Perryman, and Scott. Scotty Miller, and five catches for Russell Gage. Four nets on another two catches. Um, so he spread the ball out pretty good. And once again, this is, these are two of the top-tier defenses in the NFL. So we roll over to the other side. Nobody in the backfield really excited me on the uh, New Orleans side. Uh, Ten carries for Mark Ingram. We know, not, we know not to really look at that backfield because Alvin Kamara did miss that game. Um, Jameis Winston, 25 or 40. Three interceptions is what really brings it up to me. Three interceptions against the top-tier defense. Now, here's the other thing that really stuck out to me. Jarvis Landry, four catches, 25 yards. Okay, he balled out week one. He had a good week one. Uh, Michael Thomas, six catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Olave, five catches, 80 yards, 16-yard average. So, once again, Jameis Winston is supporting those guys. He definitely is supporting Good wide receiver two low our wide receiver two flex starts. Um, I don't know if I will bank on anybody in that offense to emerge as a wide receiver one in fantasy, but those three guys are definitely guys that I, if I got, I, I'm more than happy rolling them out in my flex almost every week. But Mike Evans until that until that receiving core gets healthy, I understand he's suspended next week. It sucks. I'm a Mike Evans owner for the first time and probably my fantasy career and i was super excited to get him and uh now he's missing a game and uh i think i'm starting landry in his spot actually you know kind of ironic but yeah mike evans is that guy he is tom brady's favorite target by far um and until that receiving core gets gets completely healthy mike evans is is nothing but uh, this i mean the sky's the limit for him um so yeah that's that's kind of what i got for um Um, That game, the defense has won the day on this game in my mind. I don't care what the final score was. I just think the defense has won that game. Um, And overall, there wasn't a whole lot of fantasy things. There's a lot more question marks. Um, Can Tom Brady hang against some of the best defenses in the league? Mm, I'm still not sure he can because his defense, once again, carried him on this game.
1: Absolutely. Um, So, you know (laughs) – Let's let's move into another game here, Brant. Um, my main course of the week um, that. Had you have said uh, prior to the start of week one with both these two teams missing their franchise quarterbacks that it would be that intriguing of a matchup, I probably would have laughed at you. Um, But I'm talking about the New York football Jets against the Cleveland Browns. Um, Joe Flacco, Jacoby Brissett. This game turned into an absolute barn burner late. Um, And the biggest takeaways from this for me is that Joe Flacco is very capable still uh, in his crisp young age. 44 passes for uh 26 completions 307 yards with four touchdowns and zero interceptions on the week uh my man joe flacco came out and balled out this week um another big takeaway for me is uh the running back positions here breeze hall and michael carter uh so breeze hall looked much better on the ground this week than than he did in the previous week both running backs ran the ball seven times 50 yards Uh, on the ground for Brees Hall, 23 for Michael Carter. But what's interesting to me is that Brees Hall only saw one target out of the backfield this week, which he had uh, 10 in week one. He had one catch, ten yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Michael Carter had five uh, thrown passes to him, five receptions for twenty-seven yards. Um, so I wonder if maybe we're starting to shake out to that little bit of, of Michael Carter as the trusted pass-catching back, and maybe Brees Hall moving forward will be that guy that you're looking for uh, to move the move the sticks uh, in in game. So you know that was interesting, and then the other clear takeaway from the Jets side of the ball is Garrett Wilson is is he's he's in it. He's ready to win. 14 targets, 8 receptions, 102 yards, 2 touchdowns. And so far to start the season, out of every wideout, every running back, every tight end, Garrett Wilson is the highest-targeted player in the red zone through two weeks with 8 targets in the red zone. So that's definitely something to keep your eye on moving forward. On the other side of the ball, Jacoby Percet had a meh day, Uh, 22 pass completions, 229 yards, 1 touchdown, 1 interception. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both had very formidable games on the ground. The big separator there is that Nick Chubb was able to punch the ball in three times. And, uh, Grant, some numbers that will make you really happy. Uh, week one, um, donovan peoples jones was the lead pass catcher uh in cleveland he had one target for zero receptions this week uh to to uh dispute that amari cooper come in uh, 10 targets nine receptions 101 yards receiving and one touchdown what a game that we got out of the cleveland browns and the new york jets
0: oh yeah it was definitely definitely fun to watch um I didn't have that one on the uh, TV, unfortunately. I was back and forth with the rest. Um, that wasn't a game that was really on my slate to watch. Um, and, yes, yeah, seeing Amari Cooper play uh, and, and do those things definitely made me happy as a Cooper owner. Um, we're going to uh, talk, dive into that one a little bit later when we talk about the Thursday night game. I'd like to dive into that a little bit more. Um, so I'm going to jump into my... Uh, my uh, entree my favorite my favorite game of the week and uh, um, if you looked at my fantasy roster in our dynasty league you would think that uh i cheered for a different bird rather than my seahawks and um it's minnesota versus philadelphia and philadelphia looked good they looked good all around defense offense all their wideouts. great bounce back for devonta smith Looks very good coming out. Goddard showing that he's a top 10 tight end. Um, AJ Brown's getting involved. Jalen Hurts. Break down those stats here in a minute. But what did we see yesterday on Monday night? We saw prime time Kirk Cousins every time. Every time. It just doesn't seem to get better. 27 for 46. 221 yards. One tutty. Three interceptions. Justin Jefferson six receptions 48 yards I know that sounds pretty good but this is we're talking about we're talking about Jefferson we're talking about a guy that's capable of you know a huge a guy that
1: you, a guy that most people that don't him drafted him in the first rounds that's the first round that's not what you that's not the right. premium you paid for
0: talk about a first router how about six carries for 17 yards for Dalvin Cook with 2.8 yards per carry only four receptions for 19 yards Dalvin Cook, nobody on that Minnesota offense last night looked intriguing, looked good. Honestly, the best player that I saw, the best player that game I saw come from them was Jalen Rager on an end around 17 yards shredding a couple tackles, shredding his old teammates off. And that might have been the best play I saw from that offense last night.
1: I I do want to say something that was somewhat intriguing to me as as a guy who I traded for this offseason. I I didn't watch this game. I watched the other one that I'm going to talk about here in a second, Brandt. But Adam Thielen having seven targets in the second half is something Mm -hmm. that I was very, very happy to see.
0: Yes, yes, that definitely was good. Now I'm going to roll over to the Philly side now. I own... Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, Devonte Smith, Kenneth Gainwell. I own this. Uh, I say Goddard? I own this entire offense in one of our dynasty leagues, and I'm telling you right now, I've never been happier and more looking forward to the season. season. Jalen Hurts, the man that can't throw, 26 for 31, 333 yards, one tutty, one interception, to go along with 11 rushes, 57 yards, two tutties. Here's the one that shocked me: 17 carries, 80 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. Miles Sanders. I called it in the offseason. Gainwell was going to take that role. Miles Sanders is proving me to be a liar. That yes, man came is. out and he balled out on primetime and goes, nah, this is still my backfield. Now let's go to the re- let's go to the receivers. Goddard, five receptions. Smith, seven receptions. AJ Brown, five receptions. 82 yards for Goddard, 80 for Devontae, 69 for AJ Brown. All these guys, none of them were first round draft picks. Most of these guys you got probably third round or after. And I'm very very happy with these numbers that these guys are putting up. And now we're talking about pass catching. Miles Sanders added three more three more catches onto that. This game, this team is ready to put your fantasy team on their back, it looks like, and excite offense and excite fans everywhere during fantasy weeks. And as long as they keep rolling and stay healthy, this is going to be one of the most fun teams to watch this year. I honestly believe that. And I know you and me talked about it when I called, and I said I think they'll go over their ten and a half wins, and I'm still sticking by that. I've watched them both weeks. This team right here is a team that I want a piece of this season.
1: Grant, so, <clears throat> you're, you're talking about offenses that it'd be nice to own every facet of, and uh, I think that the Eagles are one of them for sure, but the premier team that I want to own every piece of is definitely the Buffalo Bills.
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, who also, who oh, my also goodness. To play
1: Monday night. Um, <laughs> I, had I, to sure I had to turn it off. I
0: had to turn it off.
1: I'm not sure the Tennessee Titans showed up for this one, uh, but we'll talk about the Titans real quick uh, and breeze through it. Ryan Tannehill, uh, 11 for 20 for 117 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, got benched halfway through the third for Malik Willis, who also did not look very good. Um, The leading rusher for the Tennessee Titans was Hassan Haskins, nine attempts, 37 yards. Derrick Henry did find the end zone, 13 rushes for 25 yards, averaging 1.9 yards per carry. Okay, the one positive takeaway I'll have from this is both Robert Woods and Traylon Burks had better games this week than they did in week one with a negative game script. You would hope to see that. Uh, Robert Woods did have like a 17-yard, 19-yard play called back that would have definitely made his day significantly better. Uh, but Traylon Burks uh, was the lead, lead, leading target guy along with the leading yards guy out of the out of the pass catching there. Um, let's go ahead and leave that right where it's at.
0: What? Uh, how many receptions Josh did he out. end up with?
1: Traylon Burks ended up with four receptions tied with Robert Woods. He had
0: two of those in the first drive of the game.
1: (laughs) He did. He was was looked at quite quite often towards the end of it when they were trying to mount some kind of a comeback, which obviously uh, fell flat on its face. Um, Let's talk about the team that looked good, looked ready to play. Uh, Josh Allen, 26 of 38, 317 yards, four touchdowns. Okay. Um, the leading rusher for these Buffalo Bills was rookie James Cook, 11 attempts, 53 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. Zach Moss, uh, 5.7 yards per carry, although we only got three attempts. And Devin Singletary had six attempts for 19 yards. Um, and then if you go to the receiving... Uh, receiving court. Really, the only thing that's really worth talking about here is Stefan Diggs. Okay, 14 targets, 12 receptions, 148 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, it's almost not fair that Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs get to play together for several more years beyond this one. Uh, that's unreal. And if you happen to get this team or that stack in your dynasty or your regular team, whatever, your regular. Uh, redraft. You're you're definitely the team to beat, I would say, um, moving forward because that chemistry just looks absolutely insane.
0: So needless to say, I think it's safe to say the Buffalo backfield is nothing that you want to own.
1: Yeah, I mean the one the one exception I would say to that is that James Cook, granted he got a lot of these carries towards the end of the game, so I don't know how much you're reading into it. But he out-touched Dalvin Singletary and um, – or Devin Singletary, excuse me. Here I am, Brant, stealing your name. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss touched it nine times. He out those two by two. Um, I know he had that fumble week one, but he definitely came back and redeemed himself this week. So we'll see what that looks like shaking forward out, moving forward. But it's still one that I'm going to want to wait and see uh, how that continues to progress before I'm starting any of them. Yeah.
0: That Buffalo Bills team, I watched the first half of that game prior to the kickoff of the – Minnesota and Philly game and I'll tell you what I don't think I turned it back for maybe but two or three minutes because Buffalo the last two weeks has just gone out there and just stomped mud holes and proved that they are ready to ball out this year and make their run this is going to be both sides of the ball with this team is so devastating this is going to be a team to watch out for every week um I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to call it because it, odds of seeing it are slim to none. I don't know if I've seen a team in the NFL that can hang both sides of the ball like these guys can. So they're, they're it's well. going yeah. to be hard to beat them, and I don't know if I've seen a team that out there that will beat them or can beat them. Absolutely. So my uh, dessert of the week is. Um, well it's it's my team and um it wasn't much of a dessert it wasn't much of an appetizer it wasn't much of a course it was the uh, terrible seahawks offense that i expected to see all off season. i knew week one they would show up at home against russ and really it, it wasn't even the offense that carried us to that win it was our defense and our defense is still nothing to write home about there's nothing that excites me on the seahawks team um You got Geno Smith, 24 for 30, 197 yards and an interception. Penny had six carries for 15 yards. Kenneth Walker had four carries for 10 yards. Don't shy away from the running backs. They did play one of the best run-stuffing offense or defensive lines in the NFL. Tyler Lockett had the Tyler Lockett breakout game that he has every one to three weeks. Um, Nine catches for 107 yards. DK Metcalf, four catches, 37 yards. Um, and then he spread the ball out pretty much. Kenneth Walker did get two pass catch- or two uh, two catches, um, but no- nothing on Seattle's exciting. If you got you know one of the running backs, good for you. Awesome, you have a guy you might be able to put in the flex when they might stay in games. You know, like this week we play Atlanta, we might be in that game for a little bit. Although Atlanta's looked phenomenal the first two weeks for three and a half quarters the first week it was the first three and a half and the second week it was the back half of it but uh i don't know um let's roll over to um the uh, niner side i'm gonna leave the quarterback situation alone real fast um we, uh, we saw jeff wilson with 18 carries 84 yards 4.7 yards per t- per carry debo saw four uh tdp uh saw 14 uh terry and davis price saw 14 carries now he did sustain an injury that um it looks to be multiple weeks i think i read it was a high ankle sprain i'd have to go back and check it out this is the thing that this is uh, that was correct Mm -hmm. this is the thing that really really intrigues me is iuk saw five catches 63 yards. Debo saw five catches, 44 yards. Both guys were involved. And the reason this really, you know, confuses me a little bit is I know one of Iyuk's catches came from Trey Lance and I don't remember if Debo's did or not because it happened so early. Trey Lance went two for three for 30 yards. Now he did break his ankle and he is done for the year. And we saw Jimmy G come in. And in my mind, Jimmy G is a guy that is a game manager and I never thought that this man should have lost his spot. Now, I know Trey Lance is a um, talented guy, great for fantasy with his rushing upside. Um, Jimmy G is just a guy that he just manages the game. He went 13 for 21, 154 yards, and one touchdown. He's nothing ever going to write home and go, look at this great quarterback that uh, hung up 300 and some yards. You're probably not going to see that. So, yeah. Um, Oh, he did rush for a touchdown also. He had four carries, on five, four carries five yards, and a rushing touchdown. I did miss that rushing touchdown. Mobile
1: upside, baby. Yeah,
0: that must be. Yeah, yeah, mobile upside. I actually had to turn this game off at um, the end of the third due to the fact that I had some other work uh, arrangements to take care of, and um, I couldn't bear watching the uh, um, Seahawks at the end. Uh, It was so gross to watch Um, when they didn't bring in Drew Locke to try to give him a chance to get back into this game. um, It kind of upset me. Um, We did not fall out of this game too bad until, I mean, really the second quarter, third quarter, we gave up another touchdown in the fourth. So, really, we weren't far out of this game. It was a two-score game for the majority of the game until we just, you know, Didn't even take the chance to go back. This is a team that's... Seattle's not an exciting team at all.
1: As a Falcons fan who's 0-2, I want to tell you to uh, suck it up, Buttercup. You've got a win in the win column. I don't want to hear about your pity party anymore.
0: Well, congratulations. You have a win next week.
1: You will see. Um, You guys can play two
0: quarters and beat us. That's how ugly that was.
1: (laughs) Well, with the Falcons, two quarters may not be good enough. You never know. We don't put a full game together. We'll see. Um, So... Let me, let me pose you a question that I, I have a feeling you and I are going to need to prepare ourselves for for our Sunday Live this weekend. Is the San Francisco 49ers fantasy offense, all right, your Debo Samuels, your Brandon Ayukes, your running backs, are those guys better with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm or were they better off with Trey Lance? Obviously, I know the sample size with Trey Lance was so small, it'd be a hard guess. But with Trey Lance in the, in the at the quarterback position, it made other teams at least respect the fact that he could take off and running or run. And I know we don't necessarily have that with Jimmy G. So I ask you, what do you make of the pass catchers and the running backs moving forward in San Fran?
0: So for fantasy, I think this makes everything better because we know what to expect with Jimmy G. We saw it the last few years. Uh, when Kittle comes back, you know Kittle is Jimmy G's favorite target and probably will forever be his favorite target maybe that's why kittle was sitting out just waiting for his favorite quarterback to come back uh debo i think you're gonna see running line up in the backfield a lot more um without trey lance that running game kind of is uh in flux because you're not you don't have that dual threat the rpo plays kind of go out the window because you're not going to see jimmy g take off um with the bang up of terry davis price um you're looking at Jeff Wilson and give me that other name. I know you picked him Jordan up. Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason. Definitely a guy to be looking for. Under- Marlon hitters.
1: Marlon Mack was also activated to the uh active roster from the practice squad today. Oh today, so, so that's why I would have missed that. That name thrown in the thrown
0: in the mix as okay, well. Okay, I don't see uh, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack got cut off the Houston Texans. I don't see too much for that. Um sure. but yeah, I like Jimmy G at the helm for the pass catches a little better. We know that he leans on Kittle. And Debo leans on um, the short screen passes. And you know Jimmy G's not going to take the risk downfield. So, really, I think all those expectations of Ayuk this year, you kind of have to take a step back on because you know Jimmy G's not taking those risks.
1: Yeah, you know, I I tend to think that Ayuk is probably the one exception to the uh, Jimmy G takeover being beneficial. Um, Just like you alluded to, I don't see – Ayuk getting many opportunities to take shots down the field. Um, so he's going to have to find his yardage to place in the middle of the field where obviously that's George Kittle prime territory. Uh, so we'll see uh, how this shakes out. Um, I know last year Ayuk uh, didn't look the greatest Um with Jimmy G hopefully he can redeem himself this year because I know a lot of people were drafting him uh, him being Brandon Ayuk on the hype that was he was Trey Lance's guy in, in training camp he was going to explode this year um, and now we may have to temper those expectations but the rest of the offense I think um, running back wise I think you see the running backs take a small step just because there's not going to be the, the design quarterback runs out of the backfield any longer. Um, and then like i said every pass catcher not named brandon Ayuk you probably takes a small boost uh for me um but again brandon Ayuk may be one you want to you know tamper expectations on a little bit um so brand i think that moves us into our, our next segment here um which is players to buy low on
0: yeah um, i want i, I do want to throw one more injury out real fast that i just just looked at um Because I know we hit him last week. Hunter Renfro is a guy that's in concussion protocol, so if you're a Hunter Renfro owner, make sure you keep an eye on that. Um, I just went to look at it. That's kind of why I wanted to throw it out there. Uh, Make sure sure you guys keep an eye out there on Hunter Renfro this week because, well, I mean, he's probably a flex start in most of your leagues. Now this is going to bring us into our buy low.
1: Okay. Uh, So... (laughs) You know, with buy low guys, it's all about the volume still being there, but the production maybe not being, and there being something for you to look forward to. Um, maybe the owner drafted them a little high, and they're disappointed with them, and they want to you know scrape some kind of value back from these players. Um, obviously, redraft versus dynasty that may be a little different. Different, but the first one I'm going to talk about is running back Travis Etienne out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, uh, the reason. That I bring up ETN is because the numbers aren't what, what anybody expected. You know, um, Brian, I know this is not lost on you. Um, the year he came out with Najee Harris and Javante Williams, I had him for a lot of my offseason research. I had him firmly in, in the RB1 over even Najee. Uh, and then when it came down time to the draft, I pivoted a little bit late minute. I was one of the last ones to get on the Najee train, but I still had him over Javante Williams. Um, and then he had that injury last year. So really, this is kind of like his rookie season all over again for, for us as fantasy owners and the problem is is that he hasn't really done anything at this point to you know um, make any of us super inclined I know I went out and traded for him this offseason on a of dynasty league I know you did as well um, and I'm not sure we're seeing return on our investment right now so the one thing I'll say about Travis Etienne that as an uh, potential buyer of that I look at and I may be excited for is that uh, week one, he actually out-snapped James Robinson 51% snaps to 49, okay? Um, but week one, he only had four rushes for 47 yards, and he had four targets, two reception, 18 yards for that. Okay, week one tells a massive different story, okay? His, his snaps went way down. He had 37% snaps to James Robinson's snaps, all right? But here's what's interesting is he had nine carries for 20 yards, uh in week two along with three targets for three receptions and 33 yards so one target less in week two but five more rushing attempts and his numbers were better so what i think you can do with etn is anybody who owns etn is probably watching the james robinson owners snap off with james robinson um James Robinson has looked very good. He's had a touchdown in both the weeks. Uh, and you may be seeing an ETN owner panic a little bit because of that. So, this may be a player that you can go acquire for pennies on the dollar compared to what the, the owner that has him now paid for. Um, you know, I, I'm not necessarily proud of what I paid for Travis ETN, but I'll throw it out there. It was the offseason, I gave up Javante Williams uh to get travis etn and jerry judy now initially i'm, I'm losing that trade pretty handedly right now but it's still early and i think that etn still finds a way to bounce back so if, if your Etienne owner in your league is somebody that's maybe not exactly excited about their production and you can get him for cheap i say absolutely go do it
0: yeah i uh my uh travis etn trade i'll go ahead and throw that out is i got tyree kill and travis etn for two first round picks and, um, you stole both of them. Yes, yes, I stole both of them. Um, we don't need to speak of the guy that I stole him from. Um, just remember, he offered me the trade. Um, Travis yeah. Etienne's is a guy that I love, and you and me both talked about him pretty hardcore the year he came out. And uh, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And then you started pointing me in the right directions to see it. And um, I his PPR upside is, is too good not to um, own And um, I I, Even to this day I would go out and buy low Like you're saying I'm giving up I still am probably willing You don't have to probably pay this much I'm still willing because of his tape And his athletic ability I'm still willing to give up a first round draft pick for this guy um, RBs Absolutely. RBs for uh, PPR are uh, almost becoming a dime a dozen um, because it is a passing off or passing league now. So Travis Etienne is a guy that I just—it's it, only a matter of a time that before he explodes. Um, one of my guys is a guy we talked about a little while ago, so I don't have to hit on it too much. It's Kyle Pitts. This is your guy. Your man, your Falcons tied in. He saw three targets and seven targets in the two weeks. Um, so the volume isn't quite there for, you know, where his draft capital was and everything else. But this guy also just played two of the top premier defenses in the NFL in New Orleans, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I know you watched the game. He was mainly shattered by Lattimore in that game, I believe is what I heard and what I saw stat-wise. And I don't know who covered him really in the Atlanta game. I'm gonna assume Ramsey probably took over some of that because of the way that Kyle Pitts lines up. And Ramsey I noticed was Ramsey, kind Ramsey all over did not, the place, so. yeah, because Ramsey didn't shadow Diggs in that first week either. Um, so Ramsey, obviously, Ramsey took some of it. Kyle Pitts has now played the best two offenses or defenses probably past uh best two pass passing defenses in the NFL. This guy is going to get his. This guy is called the unicorn for a reason go out and get your Kyle Pitts if you can. Um,
1: yeah, this is another one, Brant, that I know a lot of people are down on just due to the fact, the fact that the high high draft price that they uh-huh. paid for him uh, this year. Um, again, this is a player I traded for in the offseason. Uh, and I, I what I gave up, I'd give up tenfold over. I gave up Darren Waller and Juju Smith-Schuster for him. Um, you know, this is a guy that you can put in your tight end spot and forget about it for the next several years still. I'm not worried about two weeks. Um you know, it's worth noting that he's still the number two pass-catching targeted player in Atlanta, and there's going to be more favorable matchups coming up. I look for him
0: to bounce back. Uh, Favorable matchups? You mean like week three against Seattle, who can't cover anybody? I mean,
1: like I mean, like Week Three against Seattle. Yes, I do. I look for Kyle Pitts and Drake London both to have pretty good games this week. Um, So let's stick right there with your Seattle Seahawks. One of my other by low guys um, is DK Metcalf, and this one to me is very exciting and very intriguing. DK Metcalf has had 82 uh, target snap or uh, snap count Week One with seven targets for seven receptions, and then in Week Two he had 92 for six targets for four receptions 35 yards so the interesting thing is that right now DK Metcalf sits on the season rankings at the 62nd overall wideout again um, we didn't expect the quarterback play to be fantastic in Seattle this year by any stretch of the imagination but what I'm seeing that's popping off at at the table at me here as I look at these numbers is that he's on the field for either all but in both games He's missed a total of 18% of the snaps in week one and eight in week two. So they know they got to have this guy on the field to have a chance. And he's getting targets, all right? I look for DK Metcalf to not only up his yards with these targets, but he's going to find the end zone. And DK Metcalf is a guy that, again, probably over overdrafted. Um, you know, this is a guy that I wouldn't have been comfortable taking at his ADP this year based on, you know, either Drew-, Drew Locke or Geno Smith. But this is a guy that I now am looking at and going, can I go get him in my leagues because it's somebody disappointed with what they're seeing. So this is somebody that I'm going to put uh, my money where my mouth is and go try to fire um probably this week prior to the Atlanta game because I think he bounces back as well this
0: week yeah definitely definitely I think that's going to be uh um fun to watch I already stated my case on that I don't trust that offense if Drew Locke ever comes in where he should be and starts maybe I'll start falling in on that one but I'm not getting behind anybody on that offense anytime soon um I'm going to go with another wide out here before uh, we get into our little bickering match on my other guy. Um, I got DJ Moore. The guy's been targeted six times both in both uh, weeks. Uh, I had to actually pivot off mine because I didn't realize the guy I was going to talk about. I didn't realize hung 20 points this week, so you're not buying low on a guy like that. Uh, DJ Moore, like I said, he saw six targets. He still is, in my mind, is the number one target getter in that offense. We saw that. Um, a little bit this week a little bit last week um, he spread the ball out Baker's going to have to find a guy that he trusts and this guy has been every quarterback in Carolina's favorite target for the last um, last four years DJ Moore is go- is going to end up being in the top 25 he, I mean I'm not going out there paying an arm and a leg for this guy I'm not um, but yeah DJ Moore's a guy that I absolutely love and I, I think I think his breakout's coming now if you're going to buy low on DJ Moore I will say wait till next week you eh, might not have to actually, because did Lattimore get suspended also, or just Mike Evans?
1: I don't believe Lattimore got suspended. Okay,
0: no. wait till the end of next week then, because he's matching up against Lattimore there in New Orleans. So you'll be even buy, be able to buy even lower on DJ Moore probably after this week. But then he has some favorable matchups coming up. Uh, I actually had to pivot off of CD Lamb because I didn't realize that he did see eleven targets and still was the target highest target getter. And so, yeah, that one definitely uh, took me by a surprise when I actually went back and looked. Because I watched a lot of that game, and Noah Brown, I believe is what his name, was everywhere. Every time I literally was watching that game, I felt like that was all the name, the only name I was hearing. I didn't realize that CD had so much work. Uh, so this one here, this one here is kind of a joke, kind of funny, but it's, 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 it's a serious thing. You might have somebody that is in panic mode after drafting this guy, the 101, And it's Jonathan Taylor. Yes, I understand he had a great week one. This guy just had a terrible week two. Um, And some people that had the 101 or took him way early may start to panic. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen by any means. But seven points out of your first round draft pick. This guy, go offer your first, your best back you have, and the second, and a second or even a first round draft pick. See if there's any chance that that person er, jumps on it because Taylor did score only seven points. Now, like I said, don't know if it's really going to happen, but it's worth a shot when it comes to Jonathan Taylor.
1: So, I'm, I'm going to keep this PG because we're on a PG show here, and I don't want the fantasy holics to kick me off because I've got a foul mouth. All right. I'm a Jonathan Taylor owner in a dynasty, and if you come at me with your best running back and a first-round draft pick, I'm going to have some not nice words to say to you. Well, you're don't also not the, slow. Don't bring that smoke to, to my front porch. I don't I'm i telling you, there listen, are
0: some guys that I've already heard sit in the panic mode on some redraft leagues and stuff. yeah. Uh, uh, uh.
1: I'm sure there probably is, but this man went for 30-plus points week one, so I'm not going to let a bad week slow him down. I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think he had a humongous game against Seattle in week one last year either, and then by far and away finished as the RB1. 17 17
0: points in week one last year.
1: So a little better than this week, but not a whole lot. Not the 30 points that we've grown accustomed to seeing from Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I, I strongly re tell people that are considering moving jonathan taylor to to reconsider that unless there's dire circumstances that you have to trade a player of that caliber unless there's absolute dire circumstances you do not move jonathan taylor one in a dynasty league he's still absolutely young and only 23 years of age You're not giving me enough value that I'm going to move him at this point. In a redraft league, he's not hurt. He's got no injury designations. You can't pay pay me enough. I understand there's probably some people out there, but there's also people that draft Tom Brady 101. You can't save everybody, Brant. But those people that have Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to save them. I'm pounding the table. I hope you hear it. It's audible. Do not trade
0: Jonathan Taylor. I'm not trading them either, but guess what? You bet your butt in two of my leagues. I offered my best back in a first-round draft pick, and I'm still waiting on a response, and they both have been read. So, obviously, they're still thinking about it a little bit.
1: Well, I hope for your sake that it happens, but I don't. And the league that we are in together, our home league, where I own Jonathan Taylor, you stay over there.
0: Well, I got my backs I need. My back's been just fine. <clears throat>
1: All right. I mean, so, we don't, uh, do we need
0: to talk about the score this week?
1: Well, we don't. But um, let, let's let's move in and talk about uh, another new segment that you that you and I are going to go to here. And again, this is a dynasty podcast. So, in order for this to be true to a dynasty, we obviously have to talk about some college players every week. And so, what Brandon and I, and I have decided to do is each week we're going to each highlight one player from a, a different position each week and talk about several guys that way well, you can start doing your research on these guys for your in- upcoming rookie drafts at the end of the season. Uh, you know, I know a lot of leagues draft prior to the, the actual NFL draft and a lot of them, um, draft right after, um, I know our leagues, brand we, we, uh, the leagues that I'm in tend to wait till later in the off season. So you get to see these guys in preseason and stuff, but if your league's not, excuse me, one of those kind of leagues, uh and you have to have your research in early we're going to try to help you so i'm going to i'm going to start us right off this week we're talking about quarterbacks and i think there's two obvious ones i'm going to have one of them you're going to have the other one um but the one i have is bryce young the six foot tall 194 pound junior from alabama okay uh so far in 2022 uh bryce young has thrown 85 passes 58 completions uh, for 644 yards at a 68.2 completion percentage uh, for nine touchdowns and two interceptions. Now, if you take these numbers and you try to get cute with them and, and, you, and you try to hold him to where he was last year, he's finishing abysmally low last year minus his completion percentage is, is, is a tick better. Um, but I, I do say once they get Alabama gets into SEC and he has to start throwing the ball, more of these numbers are going to jump. Um, so if you look at last year, um, 547 attempts, 366 completions, 4,872 yards at a 66.9 completion percentage, 47 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. This guy, um, you know, there's a defensive player that's probably going to go top three in a lot of drafts next year or in the draft actual draft next year which is will anderson uh a teammate of, of bryce young's here in alabama uh but obviously seth berger's your guy for will anderson for for offensive guys that's us and i think bryce young is is going to be a top three draft pick potentially the number one uh and i know you and i Brant, are definitely looking at these quarterback positions uh as seahawks and falcons fans respectively uh because these guys may be the future for us so bryce young's the one and that I, I have, and right now I have him a, a notch above the guy you're getting ready
0: to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah, Bryce Young's definitely a guy that's been really intriguing and fun to watch, too. Um, I've got a chance to watch one or two of his games this year. Um, but the guy I'm going to talk about is CJ Stroud, um, uh, Ohio State quarterback, six foot three, 218 pounds. Uh, now, mind you, he hasn't really had any competition, and yes, I do say. Uh, week one wasn't much of a competition either. He's played Notre Dame, Arkansas State, and Toledo. Now he's gone 62 of 85 for 72.9 percent completion, 941 yards, and 11 touchdowns this year. Um, and last season in 2021, he had 317 for 317 for 317 completions, 441 attempts, 71.9 percent completion rate, 4,435 yards. 44 touchdowns and only 6 interceptions. So definitely takes care of the ball. We know Big Ten's defenses are normally something to write home about. So he did all this against some good tough defenses and still only throw three picks. He does have the rushing capability. Um, we don't see much of it because Ohio State keeps him pretty well protected, but he does have the the speed and the rushing upside too. This is a guy that right behind Bryce Young, I don't think you're far off of getting a franchise quarterback here. I think there's three names in this draft, and uh, these are these are the top two out of it. And that uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, and I know it. The Kentucky quarterback is probably the third one. And David,
1: we'll talk about him in a few weeks. I have yes. A feeling.
0: Yes. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Um, but yeah, these two quarterbacks are definitely guys that if, if you need it or in super flex, these two guys are definitely guys that you want to look for early in your draft.
1: Or you know maybe if you're sitting in a, in a dynasty league and you've got Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers as your starters, yeah, I, again there's there's reasons to look at the quarterbacks. I know uh, in non flex leagues the quarterbacks tend to fall in dynasty rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. But if you're sitting there and you have a you know you're a contending team and you've got age on, on as a factor on your starting quarterback, these are names you're going to want to look at. Um, so I think that wraps up most of our segments here. So let's move into our Thursday night football preview. Um, and this week we have the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling uh, to uh, the Cleveland Browns. So last week we had a premier quarterback matchup with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs hosting Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Charters. We've got two premier quarterbacks. Oh, wait, I mean, two premier running backs uh, this week. Um, yeah, nobody wants to talk about Mitch Trubisky or Jacoby Brissett. I'm sorry. Um, but we do have Najee Harris. We do have uh, Nick Chubb. You know, we've got some some good pass catchers uh, here featured in this one, if, if the quarterbacks can get the ball to them. We've got Amari Cooper. You know, we've got uh, David Njoku. We've got Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, George move, <laughs> This is a game – there's a lot of um, – owned fantasy players in. Um, and I know, Brant, I'm going to beat you to it again this week just because I know you let off week one and said you were going to say it every week. Don't start your your Thursday night guys in your flex. Move them up to guys uh, you will uh, be potentially having to pivot off of that late. Yeah, And the worst thing you want to do is have one of these guys in your flex and have them, you know, another player get injured later and not be able to move them based on if you have a running back get injured and you don't have another wide at or another, you know, player to plug in you don't want these thursday guys jamming up your flex spots so keep an eye on that but this should be an absolute battle of the defenses um we've got a premier defense in the pittsburgh steelers versus a premier defense in the cleveland browns that's also something i'm I'm intrigued about this week brent what's your take on this game
0: yeah this game this game is i'm not intrigued a whole lot to start anybody um outside of Najee and chubb and uh maybe maybe uh johnson um Cooper, I'm still going to keep on the bench. He hasn't proved it to me yet there in Cleveland, um, and I do. I am an owner of Cooper, and um, so I will stand by that, um, barring an injury. Uh, Najee, Chubb, Hunt, and Johnson are really the only guys I'm excited for. I, I do see this being a defensive battle. Who can run out the clock the longest and who falls into the end zone first Maybe this game. Um, I'm probably looking at this to be a low-scoring contest, um. Nothing Nothing is too incite, uh, intriguing, which is very unfortunate because think about the first two weeks of Thursday Night Football. Rams and Bills and Chiefs and Chargers, then you give me this, this.
1: Well, uh, in a normal year, this would probably be a very intriguing matchup. And, and maybe potentially later in the season when it's, you know, Kenny Pickett versus Deshaun Watson or next year, maybe it'll be more intriguing. But, uh, yeah, not not too much to uh, to write home about here. Um, I know we're wrapping up here. I do want to throw one last thing out there. Uh, as much as this is a big pill for me, this is a horse pill. I have to swallow my pride. Uh, I have to congratulate you, sir, on your sixth win in three years, smoking me by over 120 points this week in our home dynasty league, uh, so to speak, Uh, without throwing shots. Your roster has definitely much improved over the last two years uh, to this year in our third year. but it was a matchup of our worst overall team over the course of three years versus our best. I've had some some fortunate wins, but uh, my time in the limelight looks to be ending. Where you uh, seem to be ascending,
0: so I will I say this too:
1: congratulate you, sir.
0: My second flex in that league wasn't even the best start I had. Amari Cooper could have moved up and got me a few more points. Now I will say my guys outperformed by almost a hundred points, and it was the third highest scoring team in our in our dynasty history.
1: I'm not even going to bring up the fact that I had three of my uh, normal week ones, or three of my normal roster starters not being able to play due to being out this week. I won't even bring up that. I won't use any excuses. You cleaned my clock, and I don't think I could have potentially set a better lineup. So congratulations to you uh, here on air where everybody can hear it. That is not something I intend to say ever again to you. Uh, So uh, we're going to end the episode on that with me tucking my tail between my legs and and, uh, sauntering off here uh, into the sunset. So, as always, stay hungry.
0: And stay fat, my friends. Don't forget to check out our live on Sunday morning.
1: Yep.